tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And it's so exciting. We've just surpassed 100,000 downloads of the podcast. And it's all thanks to listeners like you. And of course, thanks to creative guests like our one today. We're going to be talking about Marilyn Monroe. And if you think the whole story has been told, we've got some surprises for you today. This is Marilyn's 60th anniversary and the story behind the icon will be told. And our guest is transformational leader and media executive and founder of Life Bites, Nina Bosky. Nina, so glad to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, I was so fascinated to read about the two projects you're producing about Marilyn Monroe. And I thought on this discussion, maybe we'd divide that into because there's lots of layers to this story, isn't there? But <laughs> oh, let's definitely. talk a little bit about Marilyn and some of the things you discovered, but also then the mental health angle of the story and how you're really helping to raise awareness of some mental health issues, standing on the shoulders of Marilyn Monroe's story. And then of course, we always like to know the creative process behind what you're working on. So <laughs> this will be fun. Great. Well, Nina, I mean, th the stories have been told about Marilyn. I mean, after 60 years, we think we've heard them all, but I think maybe you uncovered some new and different angles. Yes. Um, you know, I think most people, one of the biggest questions I get when I'm talking about Marilyn is ultimately who killed her. And I think that in this podcast, Marilyn Behind the Icon, one of the things that we have done is really try to get the story straight because so many people over 60, de you know, 60 years, you know, six decades have built a lot on rumor. And so when I got involved in this project, I believed all the rumors and everything that was out there. I just thought they, I just thought they were true. You know, if you're airing them, they've got to be true. Well, not so much. And so one of the things that we've done is we've compiled a 22 expert team, which is unheard of, um, from pathology in terms of forensics to legal to mental health professionals to the Maryland bonafide experts that are actually real and not ones that are saying, I'm just going to sensationalize the story and give you a hypothesis and a rumor of what could have happened to Marilyn. So we, in the podcast particularly, we have painstaking detail and it's based on one of the most beloved biographers, Gary Vitaco Robles in the Maryland community. And it's called Marilyn, the lifetimes and films of Marilyn Monroe, the icon. So it's really, let me say this right, icon, the life, lifetimes and films of Marilyn Monroe. Gary would be like, Nina, that's not the name of the book. Uh, <laughs> So, so with that said, the podcast is based on his findings and really a lot of the book, because he is a mental health professional as well and a, a beloved Marilyn expert, that he really does look into the psyche of Marilyn, which a lot of times people don't. They just look at the logistics of where she was, quote, what relationships she was having and who killed her. So it's yes. a little different angle. Well, even the word icon suggests that we just can't get enough. You know, what, <laughs> what do you think accounts for the fascination we all still have after, so, you know, six decades uh, uh, to Marilyn Monroe? Why the fascination? 
You know, that's a good question. I don't think it's just one answer. I think you have a, uh, you know, a person who died at 36 years old and relatively young. And if you think of all the icons from James Dean to Michael Jackson to some of the young icons that have probably died before their time, I think they get etched in history with this kind of iconic what could have been. But then you also have a death that is very much, uh, you know, fueled with you've got politics, you've got power, you've got mystery, you've got, you know, uh, the Camelot of, of icons in terms of presidential brothers associated with with Marilyn. And so then you've got the, one of the beautiful, most, you know, uh, biggest sex symbols in history. That's a pretty good story, right? So you got mm -hmm. that. But then you also have this vulnerability that I think Marilyn had. And I think if you think about back then, she was a pioneer in talking about issues that nobody was talking about, sexual abuse, civil rights. She really was a forefront of, of some of these issues that nobody else would be talking about. It was father knows best. It wasn't, oh, by the way, I was sexually abused as a child. And she came forward with a lot of stuff that most celebrities back then weren't even talking about. Certainly in that era, for sure. And, you know, we are often sort of focused on or even not just fascinated, but almost obsessed with the So as you said, the sad, vulnerable part of the story. But on this podcast, as we talk about creativity and maybe branding, oh. she, she was an early personal branding. I mean, oh, my we, gosh. We would call her beyond influencer. Yeah, we were. Using oh, she, she. Yeah. I mean, that's a really I love this angle about creativity because she's the ultimate creative. I mean, most people don't know this about her, but she was extremely hardworking at her craft. People will think, oh, she just slept to the top. No, she was actually one of those actresses that actually you know, took acting classes, took dancing classes, really perfected, and she knew how to sing, dance, and act. And Marilyn Monroe, the character, is a character that she created, and she created it so well that people thought that that was her. And she's actually quite opposite of that Marilyn character that became the entrapment of who she is. She also was one of the first women. You've got Mary Pickford, you've got Lucille Ball, and you've got Marilyn Monroe, who actually formed her own production company. She was very clear about her brand, her image, her you know creative process, and she knew exactly what she's doing and why she was doing it. And so it was very calculated in a lot of ways. So she was really, you know, talk about creativity, that was probably in her soul. <laughs> mm -hmm, definitely. Well, let's drill down a bit too then. The podcast is generally about Marilyn Monroe, but you've also created this TV docu-series mm -hmm. that really highlights maybe the mental health aspects of her life as a way of educating the rest of us about some of those issues and what, why was it important for you to maybe bring a spotlight to this side as a educational tool not just you know maybe the uh, fascination of her life you know that's a really good question i think ultimately when i got involved in the project it was i come from a media background and then in 2000 when i started my company life bites global it deals with inspiration and getting people to really think about their lives so you you bridge entertainment and and inspirational personal growth and you have people really thinking about their life so i used to market movies and take movie themes and talk about them as they relate to life so you would take a movie on change and it could be a silly movie it didn't have to be a deep movie but every movie has a theme 
And so what happened was, as I was brought a project called Goodnight Marilyn, which is a feature film, which is actually a third project that ultimately started this whole thing. And it was a feature film around, it's a thriller noir, and right now it's at a network, so it may be actually a feature film that actually comes forward. It's been start and stop and start and stop. We've gotten funding. We That in a story, I'll come back and talk to you about that process, because that was, talk about creativity, yes. very different from marketing movies versus funding movies in the world of, of movie making, but that's a that's for a different, different show and a different time, but that started it. <laughs> And I was even asking myself, because by then I was really more into transformational and really being able to have a very positive impact on people's lives in the media. And so when this came to me, I was kind of like, why am I involved in another entertainment project? Because the Goodnight Marilyn project is not a biopic. It's, it's a thriller noir. It's based on her as a backdrop, but it isn't about really her. And it's blended of fact and fiction. So it's very much entertainment when you're watching it. So I sat there and I was like, what am I, what am I really doing? And so in marketing Goodnight Marilyn, we got on a radio show to market the movie. But then when we fell out of escrow, I was like, wow, we can't talk about a movie. So what are we going to talk about? Oh, let's talk about what really happened to Marilyn. And so I went into it thinking everything that I was hearing was the truth. And let's just kind of separate it out and figure out exactly what happened to her. Give us something to talk about. And as I got into it, I realized that what you think is true it is beyond not true. And I'll give you an example. Three or four years ago, uh, two networks, very well-known networks, came out with one-hour biographies on the star. In one biography, 81 things in an hour biography were not true because they were started and based on a rumor and they built the story arc around that. The second one, 42 things were wrong. And when you think about that and you're watching it as a as a television watcher, you're thinking everything you're hearing is true because what people do, not just in this story, but in the media, is we take a fact, we take a probable theory and a rumor, we blend them into the commentary and we say, oh, by the way, this is true. Even if we don't say it's true, we're implying it's true because we blended them all together. And if and you so quote the same rumor enough, then there's it, enough references to that one rumor. <laughs> it yes. seems like it's true. Yes. And so what we're doing in the podcast is we are really, it's an acting podcast. And so we have a wonderful Marilyn actress. She's played Marilyn on the stage. Her name is Erin Gavin. And she's definitely embodies the essence of Marilyn. I think it's very hard to play her, anybody playing her. But it's it's very different. It gives you a kind of an ex human experience of the star instead of us just talking about it. And then we talk about the mental health aspect of it. So the reason why we wanted to do a docu-series is if you look at my background, I take movie things. So I'm almost doing the same thing. I'm just taking somebody's life, a star's life, and using it for life lessons. Because when you're thinking about a pandemic that we're trying to get out of and the world issues that we're facing today, mental health issues, suicide is probably secondary to what has happened in this two-year period that we've all been in. Mental health and suicide are at all-time high, and teen suicide is skyrocketing right now. So it is imperative that we do something like this. And, and Marilyn herself was a seeker. Uh, she was involved in her own health. Unfortunately, back in 1962, the standards in which they gave and treated patients was very different than today. Um, and I think that if, if 
knowing her the way that I know her now, that I think she, her legacy, she would want people to get help and people to actually better themselves. And I think what a beautiful tribute and legacy to a wonderful woman that uh, lights up the world today, even with her being gone 60 years later. Yes, so good. And thinking about one of your comments about the life lessons that we could take away, what were some of your takeaways that you might share to our listeners about what a couple of those life lessons from Marilyn might be? You know, I think one of the, the biggest life lessons, and this is one that most people don't talk about with her, and it's not around mental health. It's really about her ability to dream the hardest. If you think about Marilyn's life and, and, you know, prior to really getting into the podcast and Gary's book, I really was much more on the last, you know, year of Marilyn's life. So when you go back and you look at her history, she came into this world with a mother that had acute mental health disorders and was uh, ultimately institutionalized. And she herself had to, it was in foster homes and orphanages, probably 11 to 12 times. I mean, multiple times her father, even in later in life, never acknowledged her. So abandonment, neglect, sexual and physical abuse. And at 16 was married off because, you know, that was easier because there was no place for mm -hmm. her to go. Mm -hmm. So when you think about her ability at a, as a young child, there's a there's an episode where Marilyn actually isn't being watched over. And at nine o'clock in the morning, she would go down Hollywood Boulevard and go into the theater and watch movies all day long and dream of becoming Jean Harlow. And so when you think about that ability to visualize yourself and to be able to dream and manifest those dreams, that's a huge success, even I think at 36 years old, she is she lived more life than some people do at 96 years old. So for me, for people, I want to I want people to really understand the resilience of Marilyn, um, her ability to manifest and envision her life for herself. I think that's really good. I also think that because she was a seeker of knowledge, she was extremely bright. Um, I think that one of the things that I would want people to understand is that you, too, can get help because she was so human oriented, civil rights oriented. Uh, I think that she would be out there right now, you know, making sure that everybody had equal rights. She stood up to studio bosses that most people don't realize from the Me Too movement to um, African-Americans that weren't allowed to go into the front door back then. She would she stood up to um, what was it? The hotel manager at uh, the Hotel Del Coronado when she was when she was uh, filming some like it hot and she had a assistant traveling assistant uh, maid that would come with her who was African-American who the, at that time that hotel would not let African-Americans into the hotel. She basically said, look, if she stays, I stay. She doesn't stay, I don't stay. So she would say that from time to time. And I think her caring ability to be able to really care about people. And so somebody else that might be dealing with mental health and or suicide issues, I think this would be a legacy that she would love. And, you know, she's so exploited. I mean, we're, we're talking about her today. I'm doing a project on her. I just would like it to have a little bit more heart and show more of who she was instead of this, this tragic figure or this bombshell. She was so much more like all of us in, in our human beings. We have layers to us and she certainly does. She's very fascinating. <laughs> Fantastic, yes. Well, those are very meaningful takeaways. 
Well, folks, my guest is Nina Bosky, and we've been talking about her uh, podcast and TV docuseries about Marilyn Monroe behind the icon. Well, Nina, let's turn the page a little bit to the creative process behind a couple of production <laughs> projects like this. I mean, I was interested in, you know, you mentioned the 22 or so experts that you interviewed. Certainly there's a team of people besides even the actors, I mean, to make a project like this get off the ground. Tell us a little bit about how you put together this team and sought out those experts and kind of organized all of those resources and uh, minds behind the theme. Well, I think that when you get into the Maryland world, you'll find that Maryland finds you. You don't find Maryland. <laughs> so what happened was, is that I think her spirit is bigger than life. I mean, if you think about her, she's got 14, over 14 million Facebook fans, one of the largest grossing celebrities out there. I think the Andy Warhol uh, original of Marilyn Monroe is at auction, probably even this week. Uh, starting bid $200 million. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a icon. When I, when I, you know, work with my young interns that are in their early twenties, everybody knows Marilyn Monroe. But if I say, do you know, Tony Curtis or Clark Gable, some of the biggest stars in Hollywood, they'll be like, who, <laughs> but everybody knows Marilyn. And so, you know, even in her afterlife, she's bigger than ever. And so when this project came to me, I did not dislike Marilyn. I didn't like her. I just, there's Marilyn Monroe. I didn't have a affinity for it. It wasn't like, oh my God, I got to do this Marilyn project. So it did find me. And I was actually at that time doing my own radio show around movies. And, and it was her 50th anniversary at that time. So we're looking at 10 years ago, somebody brought me a book and I went to the author and I said, you know, this really reads like a script. And he said, well, you know, it was, it was uh, actually optioned at HBO and they decided to go with the biopic. And so in a very short time, we had two offers. We're going to con and we are literally going, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, people tell me how hard this movie making thing is. And I'd marketed movies. I just hadn't been on the front end of a movie. And I networked and I got all these people within six months and we were going to con and we we're doing this. And then we fell out of escrow. And for people that are in the movie making uh, industry, you know, that's a typical thing. And what happened was is uh, John Favreau was doing a, a film and the funding people that were doing his film were funding ours and somebody in his film walked away, uh, financiers or producers walked away with several hundred thousand dollars of funding. And so the funding sources drew, you know, dried up and we were left with a uh, director and producers and all this to be able to make a movie. And then all of a sudden distribution company, everything was falling into place and then we were not. So I got into, uh, I, my background has been radio originally, and I got back onto radio seems and podcasting at this case it seems to always be around me. And so I jumped in and said, let's do a radio show and market the movie and get our you know exposure that way. So we did a really good job. And what happened was, is that as it took longer to get this, this movie off the ground, I was like, I gotta do something. So then became the investigation into Maryland. And that really opened up a whole new world and, and kind of uh, uh, eye-opening, wow, that actually truth is more fascinating than the rumors because everything that you think, almost everything that you think about Marilyn may or may not be true. And so that's one of the things that was really shocking to me. And it took me a long time to let go of my belief of what happened to Marilyn because everybody has a belief to your point you got, you know, six decades of rumor being told over and over and over again. 
and what we think is true may not be true. And that was one of the things that I hold in this podcast, which is what is fact, what is probable theory and what's outlandish rumor so that the listener and ultimately the, the watcher of this docu-series will know what they're looking at. It's Dr. Oz does a great job of this when he breaks it down for people. And I think because it's so complicated, people really need to break it down because if not, you're going to see a docu-series like me as an expert coming on, giving you my commentary, bridge with somebody else's commentary, and then you don't really know what really is fact and what isn't. So true. Well, and you talked about building this team and a lot of the sort of financial logistics, thinking about listeners who are got their own creative projects, you know, that they have to pitch. Sometimes we think everything's going to come to our doorstep, Yeah, but you've got to get out there and pitch. What were some of the takeaways or lessons that we could learn from your experience in pitching projects like this? You know, I'm, I'm going to give you uh, anybody particularly is wanting to make a movie. I come from a marketing background, so ultimately I thought that would really help. And in some ways it did because we got a huge amount of exposure. I mean, on national television, I mean, who's heard of it in the sense that, you know, it's a it's a uh, movie that hasn't been made yet from filmmakers that nobody knows. And yet we're on all over the television. That's wonderful from the perspective of we get the exposure. But if you don't have the actual movie at a network or a, um, a film distribution company, you lost your moment. So what I would say is for anybody that is wanting to write a script and to really get their script made or to get it to somebody, they've got to have the script really, um, a really good script and they have to have it covered. And um, that has to that has to be the first step. Uh, And it's like building a house. And so for me, who's always been the marketer, you know, build it and they will come. Actually, the business of movies is a business, and I think you have to look at it as a business. And I think some producers that are much more creative, we kind of stay in that creative mindset. And you, if you're going to be an indie producer and not be connected to you know, a movie company, you really have to get that down because it is a business and you have to build the house as if it is a business. Yes. I love that point. And I think it's worth underscoring because uh, I think of a couple of previous guests I've had, Tim Tatura for one, uh, Joanne Butcher, have also used this, you have to be a business. And sometimes we creative sort of entrepreneurs and creative practitioners, and we can be a little loosey-goosey at sometimes, but uh, to think of it as a business, not to take away from the creativity and the idea generation, but ultimately, if you are going to make money, you have to think about the ledger, you know, what's going in and what's going out and what are you spending the money on? You do, you do. And it, it really is. I didn't realize how much of it's almost like when you think about real estate, right? Because a film goes into escrow, just like a, a house goes into escrow. So all the elements have to be there. And so when you think about foreign sales, when you think about, um, uh, you know, uh, who your actors are and you, you predicate them against foreign sales, right? You have to have a really strong director, which in my opinion, I, when I first started this, it was like, we had a really great director, except for in foreign sales, it, she didn't mean anything. So when that happens, you've got to make sure that you've got these elements because what will happen from your tax credit to your foreign sales, 
you know, those types of elements go into the cost of the movie. And when you're looking at investing in a movie, you want to make sure that those elements are there. And so if you're with somebody that has a lot of money and they just want to get an entertainment business, they're going to give it to you. That's great. But most of us don't have that, that pocket there. So if you get with a savvy movie investor, they're going to be looking for those elements. So you got to make sure that you've built your house with those elements in place or you're going to constantly be saying, you know, where's your, where's, you know, do you have this actor attached? Do you have this director attached? Do you have any initial funding? I mean, and then you're back to square one. It's like monopoly. So it's important that you take it step by step by step by step. And the first step is having a good script. That, that's very good. Very practical. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Nina, people are going to want to know how to connect with you and certainly follow the uh, projects. How can we find out more about you? Yeah, I think that, you know, for Marilyn, um, it's an easy one. It's behindtheicon.com. And one thing I do want to share is because of these Marilyn experts, there's a couple of books that we have come out in the last few years since our original podcast. So along with the docuseries, we're going to start a special investigation of Marilyn on her birthday, June 1st. We'll be launching it through August 5th. And you will see the breakdown of fact you know, probable theory and fiction. And that'll be behind the icon.com. You can listen to the podcast, get all the updates, etc. And then if they want to connect with me personally, it's lifebites.com and they can go ahead and connect with me. And I'm also on social media through lifebites as well. Fantastic. Well, Nina, we can't thank you enough. My guest has been a transformational leader and media executive and founder of Lifebites Global, Nina Bosky. Nina, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. And we'll be sure to put those all those links in the show notes and uh, share the story. And folks, we've been talking about some mental health issues today. And if this has brought up any thoughts or feelings of suicide or hurting yourself or any other mental health issues either you're having or you, someone you might know, do call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. We'll come back again next time, listeners. We'll talk more about the creative process and how practitioners all over the world get inspired with new ideas and how they get organized with those ideas as we've been talking about today and ultimately gain the confidence and make the connections to launch their work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. See you soon. Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliQ Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. Hey, it's Alora Lovelight. And if you're enjoying Unlock Your World of Creativity, make sure to check out my new show, The Allura Show, on Roku and Amazon Fire TV.